Hey, man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome back to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. Happy Friday out there, man. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Another week here at the Badum Ching. Another killer guest. So let's just get right into it, man. My guest this week is Chris Crofted, man. Now, Nashville has had a long relationship with this man. And, you know, what's funny about Chris is that before I met him, uh, all of my comedy friends, all of my music friends... Uh, had their own stories about Chris Crofton, you know, and they still do, I reckon. But hey, man, be it if you know Chris from uh, the Advice King from the Nashville scene, he's got a long running uh, column there. You might know him from Best of Bread. It was a show that he uh, hosted with his brother Greg on WRVU in Nashville from 05 to 09. Uh, you might know his band, the Alcoholic Stunt Band. You might know him as the alcoholic stunt man, but anyway, it's all Chris Crofton, man. And uh, really happy I got an opportunity to uh, sit down with Chris and just let him be Chris, man. And uh, anybody that knows Chris knows that, uh, hey, man, he's a talker, which is great for a podcast, you know what I mean? And so if you don't know Chris, I thought, what a great way uh, to share his personality with you than just have this conversation be uncut. So what you get, guys, is one take and justice for all. You know what I'm saying? So sit back, relax. Hope you enjoy it. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my new pal, Chris Crofton. I know what you fucking kids are doing. <laughs> the ones that do stand-up, at least. Because everyone else has a job. I know that people who have the, the, the leisure time to get on stage and do stand-up are automatically going to talk about leisure activities of a millennial, which is smoking pot and eating pizza, and loathing themselves, and having small dicks. <laughs> do you know, do you know in world, during World War II, the average length of a man's penis was nine inches? And now it's 5.5 inches if you were born after the year 2000. Now, I would, I would probably stay home and watch Netflix if I had a 5.5-inch penis. They're making them smaller so they can fit on spacecrafts. I'm serious. Like, I mean, it's like, there's a scientific reason, but for right now, it's just an awkward middle period. <laughs> Soy boys. That's what happens. You drink soy milk. Soy milk has got estrogen in it. It makes you cry a lot. It makes you write in diaries. It makes your dick small. It makes your thrust weak. Weak thrust. And I feel, I think it's rotten that, uh, that uh, people are blaming autistic children on uh, vaccines. Try weasels having sex with weasels. <laughs> you take some computer programmer and a, and, a, and a lifestyle brander and have a kid. What do you think he's going to be Teddy Roosevelt? 
It's going to be some misfit. It's not autism, it's just fucking weasel genetics. You know the double helix? It's the double weasel. Two weasels have a bigger weasel. And these guys are going to be great in space because they can sit for hours and hours in the corner. And these trips are long when they're going to Mars and stuff. These are prepared people. These are people with smaller penises. Can like stare at, like, you know, like to figure out subway maps and things like that. Like they can show them some science project. They'll be, you know, one guy will be good at this kind of science project. That's 450. He the spirals. I don't know what science is. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. All I know about is pinky rings. Divorce. Pro wrestling. Color television. These are the things I care about. I know I'm not going to do well on a spacecraft because I'll be like, we're, you know, we're traveling for how long? Well, Howard's all right with it. You know, he'll be looking at a subway map being like, I calculate the... And that's not autistic, that's just ready. It's just ready for the coming weasel apocalypse. Hell yeah, Chris, man. Appreciate you hanging out with us again, man, for sure. Yeah. What's been going on, man? How's that like? Um, so we're doing the show now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell if I just want to figure out if I was supposed to tell the real story or the fake story I tell on podcasts. Oh, I understand. LA is fucking cool. Oh. It's going so good. I got yes. a lot of money. Uh, I got a lot of, I'm, I have a huge, I'm by a pool right now. Uh, that's one of my pools. Yes. Yeah. I have like a whole bunch of them. This is the, yeah. I'm at one of the locations where I have a pool. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I travel because I drive around LA a lot. So I like to have a pool like sort of on the way if I need to stop off and cool off. <laughs> Um, so I'm that's at, smart, man. That's I'm at my pool by the, I'm at my pool by the highway. <laughs> if there's a traffic jam, yeah, I'll just get off. And uh, although that just blew it, because if I was really rich, I'd have a helicopter. Oh well. Damn. Uh, real life, I'm sitting in. Um, as I was just telling you before we came on the sh- on the air, um, I'm sitting in my backyard. Well, I rent this back house in this big, beautiful yard in, in Monrovia, California. And I'm so lucky. Uh, uh, if I wasn't so trapped in my own head, I would be really just trapped in my own head as a human. Uh, I would be so, I would be much more grateful because the, the yard is just beautiful. I mean, I look out my door and there's just flowers everywhere. And my, my boss, my boss is my landlord because I work part-time at a wine bar and he, yeah. I was going to move to North Hollywood, which is, you know, I miserable. I mean, I don't like a lot of people I know live there, but it's fucking bleak. You know, I mean, there's parts of it that are okay, but I mean, there's other parts. Like, I almost moved into an apartment that was going to be more money than this. I, I mean, it was just confusing. My boss was like, "Listen, there's this back house in my backyard, and I know you're moving because I had to leave Atwater Village, which is this expensive neighborhood, kind of hipster neighborhood, which is fun to live in. I like living in hipster neighborhoods because it means good coffees nearby. And Ah, uh, that makes sense. And like a little, you know, bookstores and record stores and that kind of crap. I mean, they're the, you know, in, in LA, like the cute little bookstores and the cute little record stores, everything's like $5 billion. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, look, a cute little bookstore with the world's highest prices. Um, 
<laughs> um, so the books, like in in LA, like vintage stores, like the, everything in there is just being held hostage, and still some until some like Saudi sheik comes and doesn't know how much. <laughs> Like he doesn't know how much of vintage clock radio is supposed to be. Like you know, refurbished clock radio, two hundred and ninety-five dollars. You know, yeah. like original Sony Dream Machine. Do you know what a Sony Dream Machine is? I don't. Okay, because well, you're how old are you? I probably should know. I'm forty-one. You don't. Okay, well, no, the prime like Sony Dream Machine was just like I mean, clock radios were just like everyone had a clock radio back when I was growing up, like a digital clock radio. Yeah, and there, if you go to a thrift store, you'll notice this because there's heaps of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, people would actually pay like sixty dollars for one of them. You know, now they're like, yeah, you know, you can buy them by the pound. Sure, but um, <laughs> like, at the hipster which, coffee which shop, which I do, which I know, but yeah, it's like so, so yeah. Uh, the hipster like um, record stores like often refurbish vintage audio equipment, mm-hmm. and then they you know they really polish it up like they spit shine that stuff. Oh yeah, know, like vintage yeah. you know vintage yeah, dual cassette boombox. You know, junk. It's, and it's like four hundred and ninety five dollars. You know, and they do like repair it, and there's some like asshole like fucking wearing you know like wearing. Just like there's nothing more fucking hip than being able to repair vintage electronics. Like, and they have like their workshop out in the open, you know, just by coincidence. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah oh, what sense. are you working on? Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, you wouldn't really probably understand it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm refurbishing the circuitry of a 1988 Emerson clock radio. Yeah. So you probably won't understand it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't understand it because <laughs> you're running a scam on people. Um, anyway. Um, the dream machine was like the top of the line. Like the Sony just like used to make like the, the Rolls Royce of whatever kind of electronics was happening back then. So it was like, you know, like, uh, if you wanted to get a Walkman, you didn't get, you got a Sony Walkman. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That was definitely what I Sony dream machine was like the best, the best clock radio. And I don't know why, but there's dream machines like all over the place. Sony Trinitron was like the best color tv because it had push buttons instead of the click 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 click. whoa dude there was an advertisement for that on total recall i noticed the other day so in the future yeah so in the future you know in 1988 total recall movie they had advertisements for that okay yeah the sony trinitron was like i mean that was the kind of thing where it was like things were there were a lot less brands so you really knew the five things you were supposed to have in your house yeah like one of them was a trinitron and we didn't have it of course you know Mm -hmm. and i was like so you have like little kids being like, I wish we had a Trinitron. Like so weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, I wish I'd be more popular if I had a dream machine instead of this rotten old brand X clock radio. <laughs> like, imagine if a girl came in my room and saw a dream machine, then we'd be talking. Yeah, that's why they called you know? it that, you know? I'd probably already be married. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah, exactly. Machine. Yeah. Sure. So- <laughs> my girlfriend never would have broken up with me if I had a Trinitron. <laughs> <laughs> these are things that goes through your head. You know, you need these important things like the Sony Walkman. Yes. Um, so I moved up to, so I was moving out of the hipster neighborhood with the $900 clock radios, refurbished clock radios. And I, my boss was like at the wine bar was like, where are you going to move? And I was like, North Hollywood, this place with roommates. And he's like, Oh, you know, just, just something to think about. I have this little back house that nobody's in, and it's kind of like not really renovated very well. So it's a little fucked up, but you know, and then he told me how much it was, and I didn't even, it was so low, I didn't even understand what he was saying. Uh, <laughs> so he basically was just like, 
he was like, man, I have this back house, you know, and I almost didn't take it. I was like, I don't know. Monrovia is pretty far away. Huh. And then my roommate at the time was like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> you have your own place for that much money. You're going to move into a apartment with roommates that are like 25 years old. And you're like 45 years old. And you know, you want to be the village idiot in like the kid's apartment, <laughs> you know? And I was like, she didn't put it quite so crudely, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she was damn right. This has been the greatest thing because I'm right. Monrovia is right up against the San Gabriel Mountains, like okay, right up. It's like half a mile, maybe I guess yeah, a quarter mile, half mile to so just right to the to the state land. So you can just start hiking around up there. Do you hike? So I hike every day. Yeah. Oh wow, that's great. Man. I didn't ever hike before. Sure. Before this pandemic, if someone wanted me to hike, they had to like. You know, come get me out of bed. You know. Yeah, I feel you. I was talking to my roommate last night. We we're watching a movie and they were hiking. I was like, "Do you enjoy hiking?" He's like, "Yeah, actually." I was like, "Really?" It's like I've never. Oh, you don't do it. I've never considered hiking. Okay, be well, like this, a leisurely thing for me. That it makes seems sense. Like work. That was me till last year. Okay. So what happened was, I was people kept saying to me, "You live in Monrovia, like man, you must you hike?" You know, and I'd be like, "No." You know, I never even looked that direction. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like this, this nature is kind of like wasted on me. You know what I mean? I'm like surrounded yeah. by flowers, but I'm like, how does that help me uh, get famous or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, sure. I mean it's not quite that bad. That makes <laughs> I, I said that kind of as a joke, but I'm so wrapped up in uh, plotting to get my point of view out to people or change the world through my point of view which is i think art you know exactly yes you know but i'm so in that sometimes that i can't see like right in front of me like a hummingbird you know what i mean so so this pandemic changed <laughs> it so i could you know because i was just like get out of my way hummingbird i've got to go to the fucking coffee shop and tweet <laughs> <laughs> that's the real bird the tweet yeah, is the real exactly bird. <laughs> you know i was like i gotta build my brand hummingbird get the fuck out of my way did you just <laughs> shove a hummingbird <laughs> Did I? I don't know. Was, I don't. I don't know what happened one minute ago. I'm yeah. already thinking about the next plot that I have to be take over the world. <laughs> you know. So, so this was like a shift because I finally just gave. It happened a little bit before the pandemic. People just kept saying stuff about hiking, and finally, I was like, and I'd been hiking, but it was only if someone. It was only if a woman asked me to do it. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, okay, but it would always be like, are we going to go to the coffee shop soon? Are we going to yeah. go to the coffee shop? How much further are we going to go up here? A long way? Uh-huh. It seems like we've gone pretty far already. <laughs> and also all the scenery is sort of similar, you know, like just real dick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that rock. Oh, yeah. look, a brown trail. It goes on forever. Can we turn around? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's cold. It's hot. I'm oh, hot. good. We can hike all the way to San Francisco. Well, that's, that seems horrible. Um, so, you know, this thing goes all the way to San Francisco. Well, that sounds <laughs> awful. Why would they make it that long? Yeah. That's uh, how did anybody ever get to the coffee shop? <laughs> so that was total perspective shift though. So I, but I just out of desperation, I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I just started, I was like, okay, I turned toward the mountains. I mean, I quite literally looked up there and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> you, you finally looked that way. I mean, I'm an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. I was like, this is, I, I just, it's also out of my element. I grew up in suburban Connecticut. It was kind of rural. You kind of got the scenery. It was very pretty, but you just kind of drove through it, drinking sure. beer in the car, you know, mm-hmm. you just drove, drove through it, listening to Bon Jovi. And we're like, man, look at those trees. 
Like, uh, you know, like look at those trees and wouldn't it be better if I was driving by them, drinking beer while I was looking, looking at them, you know, I mean, that was how you see throwing your lunch trash, like Springsteen, like Springsteen approach to scenery, Mm. you know, like, you know, uh, cruising down the highway, like thinking about the fact that you're young while you're young, uh, and then drinking beer, of course. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) Just to heighten it, man. I'm really young. God damn, you're only young once. That's the kind of shit I was thinking when I was 17 because I listened uh-huh. to too much listened to too much music by middle-aged men. Yeah. I was like, I seriously did. I remember listening to John John Mellencamp, um mm-hmm. uh, Jack and Diane, that song. Do you yeah, know that yeah. song? Yeah, for sure. Okay, hold on to 16 as long as you can. Changes come around real soon, make us women and men. I used to fucking like take that. I was 16 and I was like, fuck, this is as good as it's gonna get. <laughs> like, it's like thanks middle-aged man for fucking giving me way too much perspective so i think i'm like man they're only 16 once i was like saying that to other 16 year olds who didn't you know who didn't listen to the lyrics there of yeah. anything you know they were just like living their lives i'm like man you're only 16 once they're like what are you an old person like, why are you talking like that you are 16 <laughs> i love it you know, it's true, though, but a lot of people don't listen to the lyrics. So no one knew yeah. what I was. They really don't. They're just like, ah, Jack and I. That's all they know they is Jack yeah, and I. They just hear like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. he says something. Nah, nah. They don't even know it says Jack and I. they're probably like, Jack and nine, nah, nah. you know, whatever. You know, they don't <laughs> nah, even. Nah. Nah. It just sounds like, Jack and I, man. Yeah. you know, to them. But to me, I hear every word. I can't listen to music when I go to sleep because I, it's like if someone was reading a book to me. It's just the words stand out to me. I can't not hear them. I got you. And I also want to know what they are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I, I mean, I I I uh, do, got into the scenery in a way that wasn't so self-absorbed, I guess. And it just sort of changed. I did it every day because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. And I would just do this. Found this trail, and I thought it was like some like because i thought i went too deep in the woods i was like man i'm too far back i'm like i passed like some person like hiking and regularly like, with like a child you know what i mean like i was like man i'm too far in the woods this is turning into apocalypse now and then someone like was like hello how are you and i'm like oh hi and then i came out like four <laughs> feet later man i'm too far in i think i've never no one's ever been this far and i walk out onto a road and there's like children there like they're like hi that guy just came out of the trail um you know i like seriously <laughs> thought that Sure. yeah i mean there was a day i fucking hiked in the in this other trail and i seriously thought like i'd gone too far and like a <laughs> couple walked by me holding hands like right after that and they're like hi <laughs> you're on all fours just yeah, shaking I, like, you know? <laughs> I think i've gone oh man people don't usually go this far back probably <laughs> i mean i really did i didn't really know how it works that was the thing and also i saw this is not sort of funny I, the first day I walked to the trail by myself because I'd really never been by myself to hike. It said at the it said at the, t- the beginning of the trail there was a sign that said danger like bears you know right like, be aware there are bears well be aware there's a possibility of bears you know mm-hmm. on this trail so just like so I was like so am I supposed to go on the trail now or am I supposed to turn back you know what I mean like you're you're totally supposed to go. You're not supposed to turn back because of that sign. But okay. I was like, if I read read this, and I, I mean, I was like, am I supposed to not hike then? You right. know. So I had to like basically consult with, hey, listen, the sign says there's bears here. So should I call this off? You know, and like people are just walking by, by me. 
you know, people yeah. are walking by me like, hello, like we're going. Yeah. yeah, yeah that sign's yeah. just the sign that says that just because, yeah, worst case scenario. But that's terrifying, you know? Right. But it was just, yeah, it was like sort of, so everything for me was like a beginner. And that's the other thing about not being an alcoholic. I quit drinking now nine years ago. And so this kind of shit never hiking. I mean, forget it. You know, I mean, like restaurant job, bar. Restaurant job, bar, restaurant right. job, bar, restaurant job, bar, restaurant Same. job, bar, you know, and there's no hiking in that, you know. <laughs> and when I say restaurant job, bar, I mean, like, like the part between that is sleeping. Yep. So, like, you know, there's just no the last thing an alcoholic is going to do is hike. And, and if they do hike, they're going to be pissed and they're going to have a panic attack, too. Yeah. And it better be a reason for the hike, right? You better be going to get a drink. Or, you know, there has to be an end game, not just for exercise. Yeah. Or you just like somehow you said yes when you were drunk to a hike and then somehow you really got called on it. And someone like really like showed up at your house, like holding like a water bottle or something. Uh, yeah. And you're like, what? Who and you're you? like, what the fuck is happening? What are you? Who are you? <laughs> what? I mountains? said what? I was going to do what today? Oh, my God. I agreed to that six months ago. That happened to me in New York. I ended up on a bicycle. Really? Charity bicycle ride that was like 50 miles long because I said I would do it. And it was that kind of thing. My friend like knocked on the door. It was like, had a bike for me and everything. He's like, here oh you God. go. I did it. Jesus. But it was very strange because it's almost like it didn't happen because it was like I was back in those days. I was waking up. I was pretty much still drunk when I woke up all the time. Yeah. So like, you know, like a little drunk, that weird, like, you know, like giddy kind of thing where you like you're still drunk in the morning and then you don't really remember the morning later in the day because you're like, I, I don't know if any, everybody, I, I would drink enough. So I'd wake up kind of still drunk usually. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of used this as an antidepressant, like a homemade antidepressant, like that still drunk in the morning kind of giddiness you have. Like I, I would carry that as far as I could through the day and then sort of drink again. Yeah. Um, so I ended up on the bike ride doing that. So the bike ride was great. I mean, I'm sure I wasn't safe because I was still drunk, but I was like, dry. I had a great time. I drove like 40 miles. And then wow. by the afternoon, I kind of forgot I even did it. But yeah, I did drive. I did that. But that was an example. That was a total example because my friend was like, you're really going to do this because mm -hmm. he knew he's like, you really want to do this. You're saying yes to this. Like, do you understand alcoholic that you have to get up and do this? <laughs> you're really going to do this because I'm going to get you a bike and like, we're really going to fucking do this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. even, even drunk that, Chris is like, yes. And, and that's the way the alcoholics sound when they say stuff, they're going to do stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone ever says yeah to you like that, um, call, the call the police because it's not, you know, whatever, divorce them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you going to are you going to be a good husband? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> For sure, you're in. You're into it. The whole domestic thing, having kids, never going out and getting drunk anymore. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> you're not going to just wait a little while and then go back to going out again and drinking, are you? No, no. Oh no. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what you're saying? No, I don't. No. Oh, so yeah. anyway, yeah. So, so yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even ask you anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so my friend John showed up and I actually did the ride, but anyway, that's all. So I've been just getting a lot out of hiking. I do it every day. It's like two miles, but luckily this is the thing, Carl, is that I have a fucking trail 
right out the door and it's a, there's a loop and it's like, I kind of got a loop and it takes an hour and 15 minutes and I'm just doing it like a pretty repetitively, but you know, it's just like, so it's like a a routine, you know, so I don't have to really drive anywhere or, uh, you know, it's not a long enough hike that I have to like bring water or whatever the fuck else, like berries or I don't know, gorp fucking hiking (laughs) that shit, like, you know, like nuts or whatever. (laughs) no, I don't know if I asked um, asked you this, but like, what did prompt your move from Nashville to to LA? Uh, I think I'd always wanted to. I'd always been ambitious because, based on people's reaction to the band in Nashville and my stand up in Nashville and and all that, and 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 I'd lived in New York for a while before that. Um, the reaction had always been very good. I just couldn't seem to build a build a wider. I couldn't build a bigger audience. And I don't. Re- I realize in retrospect, a lot of that was because of drinking so much. Yeah. Um. Because I really couldn't. Um. Whatever. So it was like it was like I could have done more in Nashville. Like I became known in Nashville, but I became known. Like I was like a cult kind of favorite as opposed to a, I was not really making any inroads in, 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 in real industry, like in any real, like, I mean, I wasn't like having a career and I didn't care because I was drunk. So I was like, I had notoriety. If I went to the coffee shop, people would be like, are you an alcohol stunt band? I love that band. You know, that was enough for me at that time. I was like, yeah, fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Uh, this is more, more than I hoped for. And it was nice. Like it's nice to in Nashville's Nashville's a tough musical market. So I knew what we were doing was good. It wasn't like we were doing well in, you know, some town where people didn't know what was happening. You sure. know, it was like, it was, it was definitely like, but I knew that that there was more out there. Like if, if, if Nashville received me as well as Nashville received me, I knew there would be other audiences that would do the same, but I just couldn't get to them because I was not getting out of bed. So really yeah. the big thing that made me move was getting sober because I would not move. I mean, I thought about, man, I bet, I bet, Oh, I bet Los Angeles. I bet maybe they'd like me out there. You know, I bet I could build more fans out there, but I honestly, at that time had to factor in a hangover into every day. So yeah. I was like, I cannot. And also I was getting older and if I was like, if I go to Los Angeles, I'm going to do Coke with people and drink with people. And that's my way of meeting people and my way of networking. And I'm going to die. I can't do that. I like, I can't go to a new city and make new friends that way because I will die. Yeah. Like I have my friends in Nashville. They don't, I don't have to, it's a crazy way of thinking. It's depressing to even really talk about. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> you know, just but just that the idea that I really was like to bond with people, I have to go through this crazy amount of self-destruction. Mm. Um, that I can't find new friends because to bond with them, I would need to, I would, I wouldn't be able to do that again. I already have my friends in Nashville. I already yeah. went through that ritual with them. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that ritual doesn't feel good. I mean, that is a way to bond to each other. I mean, you get really drunk with a person and you, you know, barf on the roof or whatever. Right. And, and wake like up old, in the gar- and wake up in a garbage can, you're friends for life, you know? Yeah. It's like old war stories, you know? And if you're an insecure person, those kind of things like feel like a validation, like, like, Oh, I had a drunk with that person. That means I'm friends with them. But if you don't have that, 
bonding that that like sort of definable bonding experience then i'm like i wonder if i'm friends with that person i don't know you know i don't know if i'm friends with that person you know i don't know if that person likes me but if you go through some so i, I was like oh i know how i'm going to be friends with everybody we're all going to each one so i'm not invalidating that way of becoming friends i'm just saying it's not a model for yeah. like being able to do that for your whole life without you, you'll eventually die i mean you can't sure. just you can't do coke with every single person you especially if you're a social person i like people mm-hmm. so like oh i want to be your friend let's 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 have a devastating drunk together and then and i'd like to do that with everyone in the whole world because a lot of people i i meet i really like you know i'll go to a city and i'll be like i like everybody here they're cool <laughs> you know let's all get destroyed let's get destroyed drunk all of us you know yeah so fucking getting sober took me out of that and i was like oh my god i can travel I mean, it was that <laughs> fucking simple. It was that oh, yeah. fucking simple. It's Absolutely. so crazy, but I mean, it's an illness. It's an illness. And and I didn't think of it that way. Sure. I thought of it as, I didn't think of it as an illness, even though I was treating it as an illness because I was treating it like it was a disability. I was be I was honest with myself, at least as far as I can't move because I will die. Yeah. But I didn't connect that to you need to stop drinking. You know, I mean, it was like, oh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And then when I stopped drinking, you know, not right away, right? You know, the beginning of quitting drinking is quite hard, at least for me. But I was so sick of it at that point. Like I was had so many, it just was dev, it was not at all fun for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started to feel better. So I'm not saying it's like, oh, you just quit drinking and then your life's all fixed. It's I mean, it's 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 a it's a journey, but yeah. But for me, um, I could never have one drink. It was always the whole, you know, the whole ride. Like it, mm-hmm. it meant, it meant, you know, drinking made me a little bit uneasy. Actually, a couple of drinks makes me kind of nervous, and then I just want to finish, get to the, get to the promised land, which for me is like a blackout kind of. Yeah, extremist behavior in a way. Yeah, like and and just every time I drink, it's the same thing. Like six drinks in, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to really feel great. I need to have shots but it's like i'm already drunk you know what i mean like you're already drunk and you feel so good that you feel like i want more alcohol so i can feel even better and by then you're just you're already drunk and you don't know what you're doing and then you go to the frozen pizza zone yeah you know then you're yeah then you're on your couch and then you wake up on your couch with like you know covered in ice cream or whatever yeah for sure and then you're like oh i didn't get to the promised land i got tricked again That's what drinking was for me. It was like, it was so crazy. I can't believe it would go on. You could do that for 25 years and still every time get tricked. Yeah. yeah like, oh my I'll... God. I think this time I'm really going to get to the promised land. Nope. Frozen pizza. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's never good pizza either. You know, it's just. Oh no. <laughs> the lowest point. And I've, I think I've said this on other podcasts or so, so I don't want to recycle material, but All I good. still think it's funny. One night I fucking, well, I've told these drinking stories, but I, I, I remember I didn't want to put the frozen pizza in the, um, in the oven mm-hmm. so i cut it frozen and then i took the pieces and i would hold them in my mouth i was like well what's the difference like my mouth's 98 degrees it's kind of <laughs> like so if i hold each segment of pizza in my mouth it's kind of like it's cooked and then i eat it yeah yeah yeah, it's, nothing, it's nice. nothing. yeah that's cool yeah that's that's pretty cool 38 year old that's a great system <laughs> that's what you got <laughs> that's a great system i don't know why i'm single <laughs> you know and then you're like oh girls are a bunch of jerks you know what I mean? Like <laughs> girls are the girls are all fancy and want fancy boyfriends. They don't yeah. like honest boyfriends. They don't like honest, nice guys who cook pizza in their mouth. It's because you never got that dream machine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. How come girls are so stuck up? 
they don't ever want to hang out with a down to earth guy who cooks pizza in his mouth. <laughs> Which is a great jumping off point. So like you get cleaned up, you're, you're getting sober. And so that idea for you says L.A. at a certain point. I always yeah, I always thought L.A. because I thought L.A. was where all the good. Well, I kind of was trying to. I felt like I was leaving music behind because I didn't I didn't feel like. I didn't feel like, well, somewhat justifiably, uh, there, there was, there's very little way to make a living playing music. And I was like getting older. So I was kind of like, Oh, I can go to LA and I can make a living doing stand up. Like, I didn't really know how that would be, but I was like that there was still, I felt like there would be money in like for music, there's really very little money at all. And it turns out there's very, very little money in stand up. I just had sort of, mythological ideas that I could become like a road comic and get paid by the gig and, you sure. know, maybe end up on a TV show or, I mean, which are not impossible things still in a way. Right. I mean, but it's not some, I thought I was going to like come out here and just like be a, I mean, I wasn't like totally naive, but I had some ideas that's that I had like, oh, LA's probably got a great comedy scene where everybody's good and it's merit based, and I'm gonna oh, yeah. fucking rise through the ranks, you know, because sure, you know, and and that's just not the case. There's there's probably more shitty comedians in LA than there are anywhere because this is like the map because a lot of people think the way I think. Sure, yeah, you exactly. know, I mean, so. I just didn't realize that I was actually, you're actually struggling in a soup of mediocre, mediocre. I mean, you're actually, your odds are even less in some ways in LA. I mean, yeah, there's TV here, but um, TV is not, um, it's not 1965. It's not, there's no Sid Caesar, Caesar show. There's no fucking laughing. I mean, there's no, TV is garbage at this point. So, I mean, they want, they they want garbage people. Yeah. I mean, not for the, not that's, that's also rough. I don't mean that, that everybody on television is a garbage comedian or whatever. I just mean that it's not like, Oh, uh, um, I mean, it's just not, I'm 45. I was 45 when I moved out here. I mean, okay. I kind of forgot about that too. It's like, Oh yeah, let's start this. Oh, I can't wait for the star of our new sitcom to be 45-year-old bald. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't really think it through. It turns out it was a great experience because I did reach a wider audience. That's it's just it. not the way I thought it would be. I thought it would be. It, it, it came from good comedians who'd been out here for years already, mm -hmm. digging me and being nice to me. And, um, But it felt like high school when I first got here, like going out to the stand to the open mics. Cause I was like, well, I guess I got to start, I'll start at the, you know, bottom or I'll just start going to open mics. Cause I really had a, a couple connections out here. Mm -hmm. Like Greg Turkington, Greg Turkington put me on his show at the mm -hmm. satellite, which was a big deal. Cause then people were like, well, why is that guy? I never heard of that guy. Why is he on this show? You know? Yeah. So Greg Turkington, Neil Hamburger, Neil Hamburger. He's my friend. And he's been a friend of mine since I opened for him in Nashville in 2006. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he did me a big favor. So when I got out here, I was on a show that was like, didn't match how well known I, people were all of a sudden people were, were aware of me. Yeah. Um, it, and so, so like, but that's how, but then besides him and Billy Wayne Davis, 
you know, who helped me out when I first got out here, um, you know, um, I just had a lot of time where I was just like, okay, well, I got to do this myself, you know, and, 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 and that was open mics. And then when you get to open mics and then it's just like, there's so many people trying to do stand up at this point that it's just, it's just a pretty rough, it's like high school. I mean, it's like, it's like game playing. It's, 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 um, it's very difficult for a person who's had success in a smaller market like Nashville mm-hmm. to go to LA and just be treated like, you know, just like, I mean, it's not, just, the others. <laughs> it's not, yeah. And it's not just that, but you're in line with like people who aren't good. Yeah. Like there's so many people out here that there are just by the odds, there are a tremendous amount of people who aren't good, mm-hmm. but you know, with the internet, you can go look at what mics you're supposed to go to. You can go to, I mean, it's, it's a very easy, like, even if you're not good, you can be all the places. Yeah. You don't have to get invited. Like they're all online. You know what I mean? It was like, it's stand up is open to the public in a way that it wasn't when I was starting, when I started in New York, Mm -hmm. you, you had to like, find the open mic advertisements in the newspaper. And I didn't know anything about those open mics. I didn't know if they were the good one or the bad one, or that's the one where the famous people go or anything. I just had to go and see how it went. Yeah. Yeah. Just like throwing a dart. Yeah. So now it's like really laid out. Like if, even if you suck at comedy, you can go do the grind. You can grind, you can hit all the spots. You can, it's all online. Here's where you go. Here's where all the the, the best mics are. Here's where the famous people go. Here's the, you know, here's, it's all laid out. You know, it's just, it's just easier for someone to spin their wheels out here and think they're making progress because they're hitting all these places and they see other people at those places and they get to know, it's just a kind of a mess, you know, it's just, and it really just comes down to saturation. I mean, yeah, there are less jobs for stand-ups than there ever have been before, and there's about twenty-five thousand times as many stand-ups. And then, uh, there's just so many. I mm-hmm. mean, it's and it, 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 uh, it's almost become like a social club uh, rather than at its worst. You know, it's like at its worst, open mics get their own attitude because they're like, we're the real comedy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we're the real salt of the earth comedy. We're just like. Open mics are where the real comedy is. Successful comedy is sellout comedy. Yeah. And it's like, what? No, no, no. Everyone, <laughs> almost everyone here is terrible. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 you can't, no, you can't just rebrand this just because it's weird because it sucks. That doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Like, oh, this sucks. So it's avant garde. We're avant garde. Yeah. Yeah. There you comedians. go. We're not the sellouts that, <laughs> like because they're stuck in an open mic but then it's like the yeah. open mics have their own power because there's so many stand-ups that the guy who runs an open mic ends up having some power or the uh. woman who owns open the woman who runs the open mic become so they're like well i'm not going to make it as a stand-up but i will make it as a mean open mic host yes yeah, so and that really does sound like high school yeah. and that feels like success <laughs> yeah it feels like success well at least we can it's just power structures pop up whenever there's people to to herd yeah you know, and there's enough comedians at this point that you can do nasty <laughs> things to them. You can you can make them, you know, do all kinds of things. Uh, Line up over there. And everybody's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like oh, this, is, this is fun. Everyone gets two minutes. No, one minute. Everyone gets one minute. One minute. Okay. I mean, and they'll do it. 30 seconds. 15 yeah. seconds. I was like, oh, I'll still stay. 
You're going to stay in line for 15 seconds? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what they say. You know. I mean, yeah, I got to do it. I got to grind. Yeah. I got to yeah. do that grind. <laughs> you ever talk uh, to anybody out of doing it? Be like, no, you should probably look at doing something else. No, I've met, no, <laughs> certainly not. If anything, I'm like totally overly encouraging to people who are, but no. All right. That's not true because I don't want anybody who I've really encouraged. Like, right. You know, like, when I see Patrick Devine, for example, sure. and I say to him, like, you're fucking badass and you can do this anywhere. I mean that, you know, so I don't want to like, I don't say that, but I'll be very polite. I don't say that to everybody, right. but I will say, or I'm trying to think of who else, you know, like Mary J. Berger or, yeah. or Shane Bianchi or whoever it is. Like I, when I say that, I think they're good. I mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, sure. so I don't want them to think that, but I will be nice certainly i will never say to someone like you're not because i just don't i mean they'll find out i mean yeah of yeah course, for sure they'll find out the hardware yeah everything comes out in the wash you yeah know? they'll find out you know i mean but yeah i met a guy named um i'm not gonna say his name even though there's not a chance in the hell that he would ever hear this but he, he's a guy from alaska and he came down here you know and the other thing is the stand-up scene here if you they don't figure you're gonna stay very long okay either. all right which i guess makes me kind of proud in this weird way like like, I mean, that I hung in, you know, like that I've still, that I didn't run right, run out of Los Angeles because people were mean to me. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, like Tyler, like this, I said his first name. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> he's gonna, I mean, if you ever listen to this, he's going to, anyway, it was not very good. He's also a beginner. Listen to me. I'm already trying to be, he was a beginner. <laughs> so, I mean, like he's probably really good now, even though, you know, there's no fucking way he is, um, uh, you know, but, but he was really nice, but he like came sure. down from Alaska to try and do open stand up, and he just wasn't good at it. And then he left, went back to Alaska, but he was yeah. really fucking good natured about it. And he was like a really nice guy. Sure. Um, but then there's people who don't get the message. Like often, See, he struck me as a guy who Tyler, this guy I'm talking about, struck me as a guy who's probably a working class kind of dude. And so he was like, could deal with rejection. Yeah. Like, and be like, oh, well, I guess I'm just not cut out for this. But if you get some rich kid who's been told that they could, you know, which a lot of these people are, because to have the time to go to open mic places and stand in line for 15 seconds of stage time you kind of got to have no job mm. um or it helps it yeah, helps sure. to have your rent paid so you can go wait in every line mm-hmm. um you know those kids don't like to hear no and they won't they'll stay here just to fucking spite everybody for 15 years you know what i mean like they're like oh yeah you think i suck well how about i'm never gonna leave um you know like i might suck but i'm gonna be fucking sucking all over your fucking scene for the rest of eternity i mean uh <laughs> it's just sort of a weird yeah you can't tell like some kid who went to an ivy league school and whose parents have always told them that they were not just like the like a good kid but the best kid you know and a genius and stuff and then they they find out that they can't do stand-up yeah. which is not you can still be funny and not even be able to do stand-up i'm not that great at stand-up i'm like my stand-up is like weird. It's like more like me talking on stage. Like I'm not very good at the form of stand-up that is the form of stand-up that's the most, um, the easiest one to put into clubs and possibly make money. I just, I, I working in a set form is very. Right. And that uh, is a very specific formula, you know, to. But it's something that I can't, I don't even know if I can do it. I say I don't want to do it, but I mean, I can't write that. I, I don't necessarily write. Um, 
succinct jokes. Like my jokes are more like little stories, you know, and, yeah. and, and uh, you can't really do those when you come to LA, the times are very short, you know, you have four minutes, you have three minutes, mm. you know, and, and to, I can't really function very well in that. So I'm not very good at that kind of stand up. but I've seen guys and girls who fucking can nail that, who could yeah. do a great set in three minutes and yeah, be really tight and succinct. And that's just not me. So right. you can be funny, but I mean, these people like, it's like, you don't have to fucking fit into the stand up mold. doesn't mean you're not funny. It just means, Right. That's but, just not, you can't do that version of it. Right. Especially like somebody, like you say, your style, which is long form and yeah, you can't fit. Yeah. And that's why Mark Maron. Right. I, I'm not crazy about Mark Maron. I'm not mm-hmm. like some people. I don't, you know, I think he's good, but I'm not like, I'm not one of these people who's like, did you hear about Mark Maron's cat? You know, <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. But see, but see, I'm a Maron guy. I, I appreciate his style and everything, you know, I but, do too. Well, I appreciate yeah. his, his career arc is right. really informative. Sure. And it shows that you can, it just takes forever, but you can, <laughs> you, you can find a way where your style can fit, but it's just not going to happen right away because people in general um, want you to do the form as they know it. Right. Exactly. You know, so, and, and, and the, the industry will recognize that and promote that faster than, you know, the industry is producers. They're not artists. So they mm-hmm. look at things like, Oh, that doesn't look like stand up to me. Like this looks like they still recognize stand up as a one thing. They're like, Oh, that's stand up. And that's not stand up. Right. Which is like you said, which is something you would see uh, back in the sixties on like the variety shows and stuff like that. You know, the the real, <laughs> in and out, you know, quick jokes. Well, that, but I also meant like, even just like, there's no room for real weirdness now. Everything's like market reset. So I actually uh-huh. meant the 60s. I meant that as a compliment to the 60s. You're right about that. I wouldn't have done any better in the 60s either. But, oh, no, no. But, no, no, but no, no. I, I just mean like traditional form meaning. But I just meant like at least television still had like an element of like counterculture kind of in it. It was still a, a young art form itself. So there was just more room for eccentrics in television. Uh, there's nothing eccentric about television now. You know, right. I mean, it couldn't be, I mean, it's like television is like a goose stepping authoritarian at this point, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I mean, that sounds a little rough, um, but you know what I mean? I mean, I know sure. maybe you don't actually, let me explain what I mean. I just mean that television is like, has been fully corporatized to the point where you're not going to slip through the cracks. They're mm-hmm. not going to be like, Hey, let's give this weirdo a shot. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. happen. I think back, back in the sixties, that was a possibility that you could smoke a joint with the right person. And they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to let you on my TV show for five minutes on Thursday. <laughs> like that's just, <laughs> You know, right. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. going to happen anymore. You're funny. You want to have five minutes on my variety show. I host on NBC. <laughs> this this Thursday, yeah. We're actually we're why don't we go down there and film it right now? <laughs> You're like, you well, actually, I mean? actually, I'm about to go hiking with this girl, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, cr- cr- <laughs> I don't think they hiked. Did they hike in the 60s? Like, oh, no, they wore man. like they wore yeah. like suits and smoked <laughs> while they hiked. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're like, they, oh, look they, at this view, it's beautiful. Oh, they're, they're drinking a martini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different, different scene. Chris, like your style, we're talking about like more long form storytelling. Uh, how did that really evolve for you? Uh, what was it like when you're starting like in New York? Were you doing more like tr- triad style stuff or was that always 
kind of the same. I was trying to do, I mean, I, when I started in New York, I was just like, everyone was like, you should be a stand-up. You should be a stand-up. You should be a stand-up my whole life. You know, you're funny. You're so funny. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess I'll be a stand-up then. But I really hadn't done any work toward that. I just wrote some jokes. And then, <laughs> I mean, the jokes were my best attempt at, jokes like i'd seen stand-ups on tv do i mean it makes me sound like i was really dumb i was 22 years old so i wasn't an idiot i i but i was i was writing what i thought was 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 my best shot at a normal functional joke sure you know like something to think but you know i don't i also was like unwilling to i didn't want to bomb so i figured if i offended everybody that would be better than bombing so i was really dirty and i thought that was a way to get around like being rejected because everyone would just hate me they wouldn't say i suck they'd just hate me which i thought would be better it's a better reaction <laughs> i really did i was like yeah well they they didn't think i sucked they just hated me when i say hate i mean they wanted to actually attack me like that oh feels God. like success to me you know yeah but, yeah yeah it's a mess i was a mess i didn't know it though i was like you know it's just so insecure that i'm like scared to scared to fail so i'll just i'll frighten everybody or something burn you it know? all down if i say pussy juice enough times they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna be able to know what end is up and then i won you know what i mean they won't be able to say i sucked they just won't know what happened Did that guy suck i don't know i don't he just said pussy juice like a million times and then he and then he took out a bunch of Tic Tacs and threw them to the audience and said they were Prozac. That's what I used to do. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's like I thought that was like a victory. I was like, another awesome set. Like, I don't know what that guy's doing, but uh, I guess he doesn't suck. He seems insane. <laughs> like, I thought it was better to be insane than to suck. That, that was New York, right? It's like, yeah, this is how here's the craziest thing I did in New York. Well, my first bit in New York that I thought of was I was like, I'm going to bring a steamer trunk. I'm going to bring a steamer trunk to the show and I'm pretend I'm a prop comedian that can't get into his mm. props. Yeah. And I'm going to hardcore act it out. So people really think I am a prop comedian who can't get into his props, <laughs> which, you know, would be a pretty fraught moment for a prop comedian. Yeah. Like if yeah. you were like Gallagher or something and, you know, like, and you just like couldn't get your hammer was locked in a case and you couldn't get it out like that would be an issue like a real issue especially yeah. if you're already doing a show like and he would probably get very angry so that's like i i acted out hardcore that i couldn't get into my trunk oh, that's great so i was like i was like hey i'm a prop comedian i think you're gonna love uh these props i've got here and i got some jokes right here in this trunk and then uh <laughs> yeah and then just me like gradually getting more and more upset look i'm having trouble opening it i'm having trouble opening it yeah uh, Okay, just get, just give me a second, you know. But then to me smashing on the trunk with my hand till my hand almost broke, like till my arm hurt. And then people were like, "My God!" And then I <laughs> and then turn around and then like finally getting it open, reaching into the trunk, and then turning around to the audience and giving them the finger. Nice. Now I consider that to be a triumph. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a big closer. <laughs> but that was like that was my opening. Nice. And then I was like, "Oh shit!" Then my jokes were like. I had some decent jokes, but they were like, I didn't have a, I didn't have a, the problem with me in the beginning was I was just throwing shit every direction. I was silly. I was dirty. I was surreal or whatever. I mean, whatever I was doing my Monty Python, I was doing my Steve Martin. I was doing my Richard Pryor. I was doing my, I was doing it all at once. I just did not have the maturity mm -hmm. to 
to, and I wanted it all. I wanted to do every kind of style. Like I didn't want to do one. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do every one. And everybody's like, no, you got to pick one. I'm still incapable of picking things. Right. I don't want to. It's, 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 it's childishness. I want all of it. You know, I, I want to be able to do all the styles. Right. I just want to be one thing. And that's great. Yeah. You know, it's like, why should you limit yourself? You well, know? I think in the end it works because in the end people eventually will be like, oh, Crofton's just like got this. You just, and this is something that took forever for me to figure out. And it's like Mark Marin. It's like, you have a, I mean, people are like, I get you now, Chris, like you got like this worldview and it's in all the things you do. And you just have to like get into the whole thing, you know, like I realize I don't have to choose one, but I have to like kind of embody that. Like rather than putting myself down for not choosing one, I have to like go with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think, you know, in terms of the Marin story, like, oh, I'm going to be a stand up. I'm going to be a big success. Same thing. And he actually had way more success than I did because he was. Well, he was just he's good and he's also had but more focus. I had zero focus at that time. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be, you know, I mean, just, I couldn't, I wanted to be everything. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, eventually if you do enough shit for long enough and, and people can tell it's coming from the heart, then they just get on board with everything, but it takes a long time. It's just like, if you're, if you're trying to get into standup though, I, and I can sympathize with the producers who were like, I was dealing with where I was trying to get, like if when I tried to get a real gig at a real comedy club and they were just like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm just awesome. You know, like basically <laughs> I do all kinds of things, you know, that doesn't, they're like, I'm trying to sell chicken wings. Like, I don't care if you're awesome <laughs> at everything. What do you do in five minutes? I'm yeah. like, well, I, I just kind of do whatever I want. They're like, yeah, well, that's you got to explain to me what you're going to do. It's my comedy club. What are you going to do? Mm. I don't know. Okay, we'll get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get there's an immaturity to that, but there's also a beauty to it if you stick with it long enough. I guess mm. that's the way to say it. Like, now people, I'm still reeling from the fact that I said, cro- called myself Crofton earlier in this discussion. <laughs> um, uh, I can't, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like, I don't like the, like the people are like Crofton does. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I, what I mean is that people have all of a sudden been like, and this is a wonderful thing for me. And it took till I was, I'm 51, you know, I'm about to be 52. And I've been doing this since I was, you know, seriously, people would say I wasn't doing it seriously, but to me, I was doing it seriously, even though I was scattered as fuck starting when I was like 23, I would say. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, that's, a long time. Um, but eventually I'm enjoying a nice moment where people are, I think realizing, I don't know. I've just had some people who are like, we get like where you're coming from is from the heart and it doesn't really matter what you're doing. It's just your, where you're coming from is from the heart. You know, this is what I'm, I just feel like eventually I realize this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't think it's, I think it's what I'm best at communicating and entertaining and those sorts of things, but that I just don't have to like, it's not a failure if I'm not a club comic, you know, and that's not to put down club comics because I can't fuck. I mean, I love, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it, it just doesn't have, I don't have to be that if I'm not that. Yeah. If I, and I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not, I'm too, dis- too distracted. I'm too childish. Like I want to do too many things. Mm-hmm. So in three minutes, I'll try and <clears throat> do too many things. And then I end up, none of them work and I get very mad. And then I end up going, fuck, I'm walking off the stage, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, cause I try to take over the world in three minutes. Like, you know, we've got to, you know, <laughs> I think I'm going to start the summer of love, like in a three minute set at an open mic. But instead I just bomb. Yeah. Like we've got to get together and do them. And also look at the, I mean, like, Oh, and professional wrestling in the eighties was crazy. And they're like, that's the light. And I'm like, okay, bye. You know, and people are like, what was he talking about? <laughs> See, I don't know. It seemed like he was trying to describe the whole internet. <laughs> Love it. But, but, but in the, in the end, if you, I mean, this is the only problem is with this model of doing whatever you want is that it takes your whole fucking life for people to be like, oh, okay, I'm starting to see what this guy's doing. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Give him, let's give him $5. <laughs> you frame it, you're like, it was all worth it. <laughs> I mean, it's a, t- it's a, it's a tough, I mean, it's an insanely tough business, but at a certain point, I abandoned the business part of it and just realized I was going to be doing this, didn't matter, you know? Yeah. And because I love it because it's fun. I mean, because, because truth telling is not something that I'm willing to let go of. And it's not something that you can necessarily be successful and still do. Yeah. That's a sad thing to say, but it's kind of always been true. I'm sure it's not like, it's easy to say, like I could say it's it's the worst. It's even worse now than ever, but with podcasts and things, there's more places in some ways to tell truths than there used to be. Yeah, for sure. But you know that. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, I was just going to just mention. By the way, speaking of podcasts, you want to talk about your brand new one that that you're in the inception of right now? This is an example. If you thrash or if you fucking flail around long enough, someone will finally be like, "Did you? I'm going to fucking make you a podcast, (laughs) you idiot." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you play in bands, so here's you know here's a thing that's annoying about me. It's like I suck at equipment stuff. So like. I have found through the years, my brother-in-law, Dave Dawson plays bass in my band mm-hmm. and all my projects. He's played with me forever. And he's amazing. He's also got, he had his own project called Dave Dawson's cold cock. And uh, he's great. Anyway, he, he but over the years, like <clears throat> he's seen me standing helplessly in a spaghetti pile of wires in the middle of the stage when we're supposed to be about to play. And he just finally will be like, give me those fucking things. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Let me just plug in your fucking pedal. You've got all the wires in backwards, <laughs> but part of it is also like, if I know that if I plug the wires in backwards, yeah. he will come fix them. Yeah. So yeah I'm like, it's like, it right. I don't know where it's, yeah. I don't know where it's, <laughs> where it's like a trick on my part, how much is actual dysfunction and how much is like, if I thrash around long enough, someone yeah. will come over here and plug my shit in. Yeah, I've been exactly the uh, same. Over all the years being a drummer, I have no concept of the wires. And I always just let everybody else handle it. Yeah. You know? Well, because eventually always. someone will get sick of it. Someone who's better at that shit than you yeah. will just be like, but I always wonder if that person's better than that shit or they're just like, they're not, <laughs> not lazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, well, he loves plugging in wires. You know, <laughs> he probably fucking hates it. <laughs> That's his <So>. thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He'll always do it. So he must like it. No, I just do it because you won't do it. Oh. Ooh, that makes me feel bad. I don't scratch. want to think about that. So I'm going to think you're passionate about plugging in <laughs> wires for people who don't know how to plug them in. <laughs> it's a weird thing to be passionate about, but you know, teach his own. I, I support uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 
I just build up a fantasy where Dave Dawson loves plugging in my <laughs> shit because I don't know how to do it. Yeah, he just loves that. No, it's not true. <laughs> you made that up. Uh, so, so like in this this podcast, John Burr was a big fan of Best of Bread. My yeah. friend John Burr and your friend John Burr, mm-hmm. who also hosts a bunch of other podcasts. He does Food Court Podcast with Sean Parrott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on that once. Uh, I think we watched the Judy Garland movie. Uh, with uh, Renee Zellweger um, and uh, it was fun. And um, uh, then he also has like basketball podcasts and shit. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, John Bird does, he has sports interests. Um, so John was basically like, when are you going to do a podcast? And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it. I mean, I've tried to do it, but I don't know how to do it. Like, <laughs> wires and things at Amazon, you know, what <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to order. It's like, there's too many, you know, a soundboard. Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, fuck. Okay. He's like, you're going to do it and I'm going to help you do it. Yeah. So, and, he, and, and, and as a part of the deal, you're going to, and I'm on the show, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that was the catch. John, John, Burr. Yeah, that, John yeah. Burr is on the show now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I, he, so he just was like, I think you should do a Twitch show. Hmm. And my old radio show was me and my brother. Best of Bread, yep. On Vanderbilt University, it was called Best of Bread, and it was became like very popular. It was like really fun, and I was I tried to get it on Lightning One Hundred um, after Vanderbilt got sold, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty comedic. Um, us trying to get that show on Vanderbilt. I mean, I get us trying to get our crazy show Best of Bread onto Lightning One Hundred. Yeah, um, and having a sit down with those people, having multiple sit downs with them, and then just <laughs> them just like being like, yeah, maybe this is a good idea, and then like just kind of I don't know what I told you about it last time. I think yeah, me and Carl did a podcast that just uh, Carl's hard drive fried. Yeah, so so this is a redo. I talked about this last time, just that I went to Lightning One Hundred and um, and anyway, they just were really sus- they have a business model that's kind of fine. Um, and so, I mean, it's like going fine. So I don't think they really need, they, they didn't really need our show, but I think they were just a little intrigued. Um, but in the end they decided like they could potentially ruin their brand with our show. So I think they decided, listen, we're just going to stay on the safe side here and not take any chances with your crazy show. And we're just going to keep our model going. Cause it's pretty good. We're doing all right. You know, but they were all, but I was like, why though, why do you play all the same? How come you don't play deeper cuts by the artists you play. Like you yeah. tend to play like the most famous songs by everybody. And is that because that's that like a corporate thing or is, and they're like, no, we're totally independent. So I was like, Oh wow. So you can play what they're like, we can play whatever we want. I was knocked out by that. So I was like, so why do you, why don't you play? I don't remember what song it was. I was yeah. like, why don't you play this song? For example, they're like, what song is that? And they like wrote it down. They're like we're going to add that to the playlist. It's just so wild, man. You know, because every radio stunned. station does that. Every radio station does that. You know what? You're, just play the most popular song. But it's usually that's usually by corporate edict because they're like, don't uh, okay. take any chances. We want for our advertisers' sake, don't play any weird songs because then people might turn it off. There it but is. Lighting One Hundred has. I mean, that's why I was knocked out. I was like, you guys can literally play whatever you want. They're independent, which is cool. I mean, that's such a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because Clear Channel owns so many. Not just Clear Channel, but I think mostly Clear Channel, you know, iHeartRadio, you know, Clear Channel changed their name to iHeartRadio um, mm-hmm. because Clear Channel had a bad reputation. 
<laughs> which is the craziest fucking thing. It's like if Monsanto changed it, changed its name to like the Teddy Bear Company, or you know, it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. nuts. Happy like, Foods. I mean, seriously, it's like a Halliburton rebranded as like the Happy Face Cookie Company or something. Yeah. So iHeartRadio owns like tons of radio stations. Anyway, but Lightning 100, it just turns out, is playing. Um, you know, they're just no one's telling them about the good songs, I guess. Yeah. So I told them about a couple. So that was like a good upside. But I wanted to get involved with Lightning 100 because I just think that's such a great the fact that they can play whatever they want is just such all I wanted was an hour on a Sunday morning or something. I was like, give us give us, I don't even care if it's 6 a.m. You know, give us 6 a.m. to 7 on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But I get from their standpoint why they didn't want to do it because it was just, it, 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 I, I think it would have been a big hit mm-hmm. and it would have been good for their station, but I had no way to prove that to them. It's another one of those things where it's like, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you see the pattern there. You know? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just give me the microphone. Did you tell John Barr the same thing? Don't worry. I'll about see it. you on Sunday. I'll see you on Sunday at six a.m. Come on, let's give it. Give us a dry run. Yeah, it'll be on air. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. Yeah. But don't worry about it. I mean, just call around. People will vouch for me. They know I'm a good guy. You can trust me. It'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> can you send me anything on paper? No, I don't like putting things on paper. It sounds like another drunk thing to say. Yeah, it it's like, like trust me. Trust me. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's gonna work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so this cold brew got me like started out as just me posting stupid pictures on, uh, on, uh, on the internet, like on Twitter and on Instagram of people like skydiving and stuff and saying cold brew got me like under underneath them. Mm -hmm. And then people really started to like that a lot and said, keep doing these. They make me happy. So every day I put up like a cold brew got me like picture and it's gotten more and more weird. You know, it's like mm-hmm. now it's like, um, it's just gotten more and more abstract in the beginning. It was like more straightforward, you know, just like a skydiver, like cold brew got me like, and people were happy with that. But then eventually people got like really sn- people now, like people are like, Oh, it's pretty boring. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty obvious. Well, my <laughs> my favorite one that I've seen of yours, yours is when you posted the group of, um, it looks like it starts out looking like dancers or something. And they're all, they'll have like little prints on their uh, um, spandex or whatever. Oh, and the they, tiger. Yeah. And they get together and they form a realistic looking tiger. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why I keep moving this fucking microphone around. I'm neurotic. I'm, it's just this little hum because it's on this fucking, it's on this goddamn metal. I'm going to put it on my leg. There you go. Um, Technology. So. Yeah, so Cobra got thanks. I love that tiger one. Yeah, so yeah. things got, but but I just like when people like if I put up one that's pretty boring now, like just a picture of an explosion or something, people are yeah. like four likes. You know, like boring. now. But yeah, yeah. And now if I do something, you know, I can't even think who gives a fuck. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So it's like got this, <laughs> this fucking thing, Cobra got me like. So then then it's a catchy thing you can put on a shirt or whatever. Yeah. You know, so I've I've tr- I've attempted to trademark it. I don't know what's going on with that. Okay, because I did see that you had, you had posted that up that you had, yeah you know had it patented. Well, I was hoping to trademark it so like only I could say it. Like that guy who, <laughs> like that guy who says like, 
let's get ready to rumble. Oh, that's right. Like that guy actually yeah. managed to make it like illegal to say that. That's right. He Unless did. it's him. Yeah. Like you have to pay him money to say it. That's what I was hoping would be like, if someone said Culver got me like they had to send me two. <laughs> Turns out that's not, that's not, a, that's not what happens. Like, it's like, I don't know what kind of trademark that is or how you get it, but yeah. also it's, well, anyway, I was just kind of like, I wonder what happens. How, how do, if I get a trademark for Cobra Got Me Like, does that mean nobody can say it? Um, <laughs> and I get money when they say it. And they have to hire me to come to their event and say it. <laughs> Which is like my dream. We're having a high dive competition. It's going to be announced by the Cobra Got Me Like guy. <laughs> because we want to, oh, I mean the bop, 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 bop guy. Yeah, you can't say Fuck, it. I owe him $5. Oh, damn it. He's going to be here in a minute, and he's going to say that thing right when the high divers start. <laughs> um, and then we're going to sell cold brew out of a tent. <laughs> uh, this guy wanted to be a musician and a comedian, but it turns out this is what he ended up with. Yeah, there it is. Cold brew got me like. <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, man. You gotta hire that Cobra got me like guy, or else no one will show up for this fucking thing. <laughs> gotta have that guy say that at the beginning of everything now. The Kentucky Derby. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. Cobra got me like. Hate that guy. He ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> so uh anyway, that just that brand, John Burr was like, you gotta call the because I was gonna call the podcast best of bread again. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, we were talking about doing that," and then he said, "You know what? You should call Colby Got Me Like because it's just a merchandising." Thing. I mean, he's just being smart. Sure. And uh, you know, I don't mind it. Uh, so it's called Colby Got Me Like, and it's a it's a Twitch show. And he was the one who said Twitch, and he got Eric Wilson. Do you know Eric Wilson? I don't, man. He's a friend of John Burr's. I mean, okay. John has all these friends. Like, I don't know how he's such a dick. Um, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he tricks all these people into being friends with him, and one of them's named Eric Wilson. Okay, and Eric, uh, Eric does the tech stuff, and he he was in a band or is in a band called Wild Cub, and now he's in another band called I think it's his own project kind of thing. He does all the instruments called Jan Ort. Okay, Y O N O R T. Uh, and um, so Eric, through tremendous labor. Cause he's had to learn all this stuff kind of to do this show. He said, he didn't know a lot about Twitch has made it. So we can watch a YouTube video and have our faces on the screen underneath me, my brother, Greg Crofton mm-hmm. um, and John Burr. And we talk about this, these YouTube videos and you know, it's, not a groundbreaking concept, but it works really well for my sort of humor, which is conversational. And that's, what's good for podcasts for me in general. You know, it's like, I can, I don't have to hit marks. Yeah. Just go. So, yeah. So, you know, it's like, and yeah, I'm sure for you too, you seem comfortable in this. It's, it's a nice, I think it's a nice format when it's done well. Yeah, man. You know, I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I think you're, this is number 21 for me right now. That's so. great. No, you're a really good interviewer. You're like, you're, you've a good voice for radio, like a mm. mellow voice. I mean, that makes a big deal. Like, it makes a big difference. I hate listening to podcasts if I don't like the tone of the, like, I mean, there's a million different reasons why I don't want to hear someone talk. Um, <laughs> you know, like just, just like little nitpicky things. Like I don't want to yeah. hear, I don't like that person's tone of voice. Um, 
so I can't listen to, I also just can't listen to a lot of podcasts where there's too much snickering, mm. you know, like where it's just a group of dudes or just like, going, <laughs> uh, you know, like about everything, you know what constantly. I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of like everybody snickering. Cause I feel like I'm hanging out with a bunch of people I would never hang out with. I see. Yeah, I'm like, I wouldn't be hanging out with these guys. Why yeah, are you listening? Why are you li- yeah, it's like yeah, I would never driving. hang out with them. Yeah, I would never hang out with these guys. Mm. They snicker too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. And that's not to say that there aren't people who might enjoy that. But I'm just saying when I listen to a podcast, it's kind of like, do I want to hang out with these people? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And if for they're sure. talking like, if they're talking real loud or laughing too hard, then or you know on purpose or overdoing it in some way then i get turned off so it's like but 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 man if you find someone whose voice you like it's it's a it's a gift podcasts can be really wonderful um it's just the antidote to corporate television or corporate radio you know Mm. it's like it's uh it's great so we get to we get to show these videos and then there's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a, a an audio podcast as well of oh, cool. that show. And it's going to be a YouTube thing. And we had 32 or 30 something, something vi- viewers. Nice. The last show. Yeah. And this and is a brand like, new show. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the fourth show and the yeah. first two, or, or maybe it's the fifth show. The first two don't even count. The first one was just a straight up disaster <laughs> because my internet wasn't working. That's right. That's and right. I was yeah. just screaming, Holy shit over and over again. <laughs> and people, who had internet didn't know why I was screaming, Holy shit. So they just thought I like, they tuned in to watch some guy, like have a nervous breakdown about yeah. nothing they could see. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I'm going to see Crofton's doing is- well. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, they show, they show, show YouTube videos and Chris just keeps going. Oh my God. Because on my end, all I see is pixels. It was horrible. I, it was a flop. I mean, it was like, a, it was like bombing. It was like doing stand up. Yeah. I mean, it was like a nightmare. Yeah. Like that really felt horrible that first show. And then the second show didn't happen at all because there was no internet because the internet in this neighborhood just went out Mm. and then fingers crossed. We've had good internet for the last like three shows. And I don't know, there's ways you can make money at this. You can, uh, you can, uh, you get them to put money in the, this is why you get them to put money in. Listen, you get them to, you get them to, here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Whoever um is, you get um to put money. I talk like a maniac and it's all my mom's fault. This is kind of shit she says all the time. So you get them to put money in the fucking tip jar on Twitch. Okay. And then you can also get money through your Patreon. Mm. And that's, Right, right now, my Patreon is is like a fucking mess though because I made all the rewards to I like I was like y'all you get a mug and you get a, a sticker and and John Burr was like do you have these mugs and stickers and I was like no, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like I'm gonna get them and he's like no no you gotta get <laughs> make these rewards more realistic yeah. so like. So right now I don't have very many subscribers to the Patreon, which is lucky because I'm still working it out. But the mm. idea is long-term that Patreon would be something that I could possibly make a living off of. And then it would enable me to write more poems and put yeah. out more records and just do all these things. And um, which, you know, I, I think um, 
through the pandemic, especially have been bringing people joy. I think like every day I write poems on Twitter, mm-hmm. almost every day at this thing called poetry window where people throw me topics and I give them a poem right back. And, um, you know, people are just like, man, this makes my day. You know, it's a great, it's so great to have this interaction and have this poem and, and, um, you know, that's significant. You know, I, I think in the pandemic in some ways has been good for art only in that, not, certainly not monetarily, but, but mm-hmm. in that people realize that it can bring comfort or I don't know, or just, 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 just care. Just, it feels, it's just when everything's humming along, it's like, Oh, well, you know, a poem who gives a fuck, you know, but this, during this, it's been like, people are, people are like, thanks so much. You know, my days have been, have my days have been sucking. Yeah. You know, really this poem made me laugh, you know, and that's fucking, you know, and I sold poems through the mail in poetry mailbox. Yeah. And I fucking, I mean, I was mailing out poems to people and I, you know, it's like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing it down. I enjoyed thinking of it. I enjoyed stuffing it in the envelope. I enjoyed the whole thing. And then people get mail and they're like, fuck, I haven't gotten a piece of mail. I was looking forward to since I don't remember. What yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a lost art right there, you know, just so, getting, yeah. writing letters, you know? So it's like, uh, it's been, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, it's, it's, uh, in some weird ways, the pandemic has like people have been buying vinyl from their favorite artists because, and also just partly to support because the arts have been devastated by this. Like I never make any money, but there's, so I have to like, but there's a lot of artists that quote unquote, you know, made it and had a living from playing live and didn't have another job. Luckily I had a job, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they got left high and dry by this. Like they can't tour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. So I think people have been just being supportive of those artists by buying. I know they have been. I know people who have been. And to some extent I've, I've tried to, but I don't have a lot of money, but the, you know, people who have means are, are giving, like, I'm going to buy the vinyl. I'm not going to just stream the record. I'm going to buy the vinyl. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm going to yeah. do that. So that's, an upside to this, like people just being a little bit more aware that um, if artists don't have any money, they can't make any music, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and it goes away. And I, my hope is that, you know, the general public keep that up after, you know, things start opening back up, you know, like appreciation for the arts and supporting the arts, you know, would love to see that keep going. I know. think there is a little bit of like, uh, I mean, people understand it's, it's so hard to figure out what, whether, cause in some ways this is like negative because there should be like music shouldn't be free. It shouldn't be devalued the way Spotify devalues it. And mm. I mean, music shouldn't be free. I mean, nobody's work should be free. I mean, it doesn't, so in some ways the same way medical care shouldn't be crowdfunded um you know i mean what what i was getting at is like the in some ways the negatives of this culture at this moment where the money is concentrated so much at the top and everyone else is having to support each other is reminding people that we have to support each other because eventually i hope all those fucking 
money hoarders fucking end up on Mars having a big fucking party, whatever the fuck they're. And, and I hope down here, everyone starts to basically crowdfund each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the model. I mean, for better or for worse, we have to support each other. Yeah. And I don't think that's all bad because it really highlights this is the way it should be anyway. And it's way better than everybody supporting each other is better than relying on some faceless corporation to pay your living. You know, I mean, like there has to be a different form of going, going forward. There has to be more of this, like passing the money around because we're the only, you know, we only get, you know what I mean? And the people who have means have to like, please give that money away. I mean, give, don't hoard it. Stop hoarding the money, you know, give it to artists, give it to food banks, whatever the fuck. But I mean, if you've got millions of dollars, start giving it away. Now's a great time, you know? Sure, man. Um, so yeah, this idea of like, I don't, I don't, maybe the idea that we can all be zillionaires will go away, you know? <laughs> Cause I mean, it's clearly not true. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but uh <laughs> That whole thing where you're going to be uh, a zillionaire and uh, president of the United States and uh, all that stuff. Uh, right, cowboy. Not... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can be a version of that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I am and you are by doing this podcast. I mean, this is sort of cowboy behavior. That's true. Uh, yeah. It's like, you know, different. It's like a, it's like a cowboy fireside chat that's broadcast for some reason and there's no beans. Um, <laughs> we're a couple of narcissistic cowboys. Uh, I love it. Imagine if two real cowboys in the old West were like, I mean, they couldn't have done it, but the, like if someone was like, Hey, you want to make a podcast out of this campfire? It'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? They'd probably get murdered for even saying that. <laughs> you calling me yellow? <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah. Yeah. What? I can't believe you just came at me like that. Of course, they don't have, <laughs> they, don't have they, didn't, they didn't have that expression either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fitting to ghost you. Um, uh, <laughs> like more slang that hadn't been invented. <laughs> oh well, Chris, my god. Well, Chris, I hate to do it, man. It looks like we're gonna come to the end of this thing, man. But I appreciate oh, you. that's fine. Appreciate you hanging out with me, man. Uh, Again. How long do we go? What time is it now? Dude, I think we went like an hour and a half, which is oh, gonna fuck. be it's gonna be a good record, a new record for my show. Oh god, but All it's right, gonna well, be fun. And I had I, so much fun. Hey, I'd love to have you back later down the road and we can talk about music. Because I oh, yeah. think we talked about the music side of Chris Crofton. Really? No, I mean, uh, I I was on the Daily Zeitgeist yesterday, and I talked about that. Like that's the that's the career path of like a of you you, these days. You start out as like I I was trying to be a rock star, but instead I ended up a man named Cold Brew got me like. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hey, I appreciate it, man. No, thank. Thank you so much. It was so fun, and I'm so glad we had good internet. How about this? This is dude. This is ridiculous. This is. I'm spoiled now, dude. This so is I'm crazy. all set. I'm all set. Anytime. Yeah. You got the whole thing. Chris, Anytime. I love you, man. Great love talking you too. to you. Take I'll care. See you. I'll see you soon, man. All right. Bye. And there it was, guys. Chris Crofton. Cold brew done got him like. Oh, wait. I don't know if I can say that. 
I might get sued by the man himself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, seriously, I might. Anyway, guys, appreciate y'all hanging out with the Badum Ching, with Carl. As always, follow us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, all over the map, man. Uh, be sure to click that like. Be sure to click that subscribe. Please, all the good things. And, man, bunch of bangers in the future. Don't see it stopping anytime soon. So I appreciate everybody for your continued support. Gonna leave y'all, man, with a track from my man Chris Crofton from his latest record, Hello, It's Me. This is a track called UFO Hunters. UFO Hunters out looking for UFOs. UFO Hunters out looking for UFOs. Oh